Hey, Lindsay, can you hear me okay? Yeah, hi, Darren. Hi. Hey, thanks for making time to do this. Am I getting you from Los Angeles at the moment? Austin, Texas. Wow, do you live in Austin? I do now. <laughs> wow, you know, I'm finding more and more people from the entertainment world are moving out to Austin. And yeah. 15 years ago, people really just knew Austin for, say, good barbecue and South by Southwest, but what brought you out there? Well, um, my new series is shooting here. Uh, Walker. Yes. So that was the initial reason. But um, I actually went to college in Austin. So it's always been a city I really loved. And you know what, I just, I just kind of wanted some change. And my, fa my family's here. My family's like an hour away. So it's been really nice to kind of just go back to my roots for a bit. Now, I do want to ask you a little bit about Walker later, but we're here to talk about Skylines. I get 20 different answers when I interview an actor or an actress with this question. I say, when did you film this new movie? You get different answers for that? <laughs> yeah, people go, oh, we finished it four years ago, and uh, I haven't seen it yet. Some people do actually say that. Oh, we finished it a year, a year and a half ago. We finished it last summer, last July, in Lithuania. So. In Lithuania. Well, that was going to be my next question, because there's some amazing special effects in this movie. And I couldn't figure out, was it all done in the same place or is it, you know, five different settings? It was all done in the same. It was crazy because we were originally supposed to go to the Canary Islands in Spain to do kind of like the alien planet and alien world. But, you know, it, we were just kind of in the trenches of filming in Lithuania at our studio and Something happened, I'm not completely sure, but they were like, you know what, it's too crazy to move uh, the continents over, or countries, we're still in Europe, yeah. <laughs> multiple countries over. So we're just gonna stay here. So, but you know, it was so crazy for our, our production design team because they're like, hi, we have to build an alien planet in a weekend, go for it. <laughs> so um, they, were they were able to pull off like such amazing, um, work in such a little amount of time and you know i think it looks great we're we're in a warehouse in lithuania and like the rocks are styrofoam and like there's black trash bags for our, our like our caves and canyons and like glitter glue on them like what they what they use to make it it's wild and i think it looks you know so great on screen yeah uh were you filming it on break from the 100 Yes, it was um, in between the sixth and seventh season. Got it. If, if you go through like your acting history, like Michael J. Fox made Back to the Future while he was doing Family Ties. It was like yes. mornings on set here and evenings on set. Was it tough for you to be on two projects at the same time or was it purely a break and it was- um, It was purely a break. Like what we would do is we would, we would have like about five months hiatus between the seasons. So I had wrapped the sixth season of The 100 in February, I believe, in February. And so I started filming Skylines in May. So I had about, you know, a two month or three, two month gap. Um, I think it's pretty rare to, to do the Michael uh, J. Fox thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think Rob Lowe also did it for a bit in his career. He was like in the West Wing and doing something else, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Lots of times production doesn't like that <laughs> because things can go wrong. And then, you know, you're late for one set because one took too long or there's traffic and you right. can't. So 
I think they try not to do that. And also that's, you know, that's a lot. That's crazy. That is a lot. I'm not even doing it and just thinking about the logistics of it all. That's, that's crazy it's talk. Exhausted. Was it your first time in Lithuania making this movie? Yes. I, I've never been that Eastern, um, East of Europe. And, you know, it's very different um, from places in Europe I've uh, visited, but it was really cool. I really, actually really enjoyed it and really liked Lithuania. That's great to hear. Had you done a lot of filming overseas? When I looked through your credits, it looks like most of it is kind of in Studio City, but I could be totally wrong. Most of it was in LA and Canada and New York. And then like, you know, a little bit here and there, but I, I hadn't, I had done like some commercials overseas, but I hadn't really done, I hadn't filmed um, a movie that far away from home ever. Like, you know, you're a world away in Lithuania um, than LA. So that was a big, a big leap, a big leap for me. And, and just very different, you know, just things are different. Uh, anywhere you go, but uh, you know, also I didn't speak Lithuanian, <laughs> so that was also interesting. Well, now we know that you do have a passport. Uh, every now and then you counter an actor or an actress that doesn't have a passport and they don't get it until they have to do the, the overseas filming. Oh man, yeah, I have my passport, I'm good to go. And something I have no idea about, you know, I could tell you how albums are made, I can't tell you how movies are made. In a film like yours, where you're fighting imaginary creatures, is somebody reading the lines? Is somebody going, I am growling? How do you react? How does that work? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, we will either have the, <laughs> we'll have both. We'll either have the AD, which is the assistant director, or whoever wants to, like Liam read lines for me at one point, you know, whoever, whoever wants to will read it off camera because you have these, you know, our, our stunt guys in these crazy suits that have a mask and they don't, you know, <laughs> they don't open. Um, but the, the man who played my um, brother, Trent, Jeremy Fitzgerald, who's one of our stunt guys, and he's, he's awesome. He was able to have Trent respond, you know, in these like small physical movements or, or grunts that, Oh, they were so key in helping me of just like having some kind of physical reaction and response. But you're absolutely right. It's pretty silly. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not looking for silly. I'm looking to say that's a huge amount of credit that goes to you because <laughs> you, you hear, um, you hear the stories about how Johnny Depp has the earpiece with the, with the music in it to trigger the emotional reactions and all oh, that. Oh. I'm assuming you did not have this on this film. So you kind of have yeah. to get into character with literally acting. Like there's not somebody there that is actually to put you in the moment. So I have yeah. to imagine that's one of the more challenging roles that you've had to, to evoke that kind of emotion out of nothing. A hundred percent. And it was fun, so funny because I didn't even really realize it until we got there. You know, because even usually when I read scripts, I kind of like see the movie in my head. And I was like, oh yeah, she has an alien brother. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't realize <laughs> what that was. And it's a guy in a suit. <laughs> and um, I can't even see his eyes. Like, nothing. He can't speak to me. Um, so yeah, so it was a really interesting challenge. Um, 
But I also really, <laughs> I really, I thought it was really good because it really got me back to my basics of just being like a little kid and using my imagination. And, you know, it, it's a beautiful place to, to be. But it is hard. I will. I will say, working with someone. I couldn't do it. <laughs> way easier. Way easier. So it was. It was. It was a trip. And then you mentioned the show Walker before, which I'm assuming is a Walker Texas Ranger continuation or something in the lineage of it. Yes, it's the reboot. It's the so, reboot. Yes, yeah, so it's completely different. Well, we've seen in the past few years some reboots that have been excellent because they took all the tropes or the things that made the thing kind of bad in retrospect and made it funny. Like the new Saved by the Bell show, they waste no time in doing a Jesse Spano caffeine pill story arc. They waste no time in that. In, in this Walker series, does it like, you know, make reference to the past? No, it, you know, I was literally told not to watch the, um, the original because they want to do something completely different with it. And as far as, my knowledge, I didn't watch it, but also just from like speaking to people about it, you know, and I tell them about our, our imagining of Walker. They're like, oh wow, this is completely, this is completely different, so. Are you We're aware, so you don't strike me as the biggest fan of late night television, like as in that you were a comedy nerd who was watching Conan O'Brien in their yesteryear, but uh, do you know about how Conan O'Brien used to have the Walker Texas Ranger lever? No. What? What is this? Uh, he would just be behind the desk. This is late 90s, early 2000s. And he'd pull a lever that was obviously connected to nothing. And then it would just cut to a clip of, you know, Chuck Norris karate kicking somebody. <laughs> That's pretty epic. No. Is that, where the, is that where all the memes started? Like, I always wonder, where did all those epic Chuck Norris jokes just like be birthed from in the world, you know? It could have been a combination of things, but I think the bottom line is you're part of a great new series. And do we know what network it's it's being made for? Yes, will be premiering on the CW on oh. January 21st. So the CW relationship for you is a long-term one. They're fam. They're my family. That's fantastic. And mm -hmm. a couple more quick questions, and then you're on your way to be asked the same 10 questions over and over and over again, of course. <laughs> the first one I have is, what is life like for you outside of acting? Do you have a lot of hobbies, or is it more of a secret? Well, you know what? It's interesting. I do have a lot of hobbies, but I do like to stay pretty private in my personal life, just because... I think it's really, you know, I think, I think when I was younger, I was probably a lot more public with like what I do, you know, and also social media and everything. And, you know, we, I have that ability to do it. And so I was very forthcoming and, and like sharing my interests, but, um, which I still am, but there's also a big part of me now that uh, likes to take time to really um, be a bit introspective and reflective. And, um, you know, I like to read a lot. I watch a lot of film. I watch a lot of TV. I like to, um, you know, really stay abreast on, on new projects and performances and just how people are making things. And I directed last year, so I'm still nourishing my, my, my directing aspirations. And mm -hmm. so I study a lot of um, film and television on that and uh, just ways that I can better myself and better my craft and, and um, be more creative. But I'm also very active. I love going outside. I love uh, Muay Thai, I love kickboxing, the martial art. 
I love to do, um, I'm learning to ride a motorcycle, which is super cool. And uh, I'm also doing a lot of horseback riding for the show and that's been really cool. So I'm gonna definitely keep doing that. That's um, a better answer than I was expecting. I was expecting <laughs> Well, I also uh, sleep a lot. I do, do, do a lot of sleeping. A lot of people go, oh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of boring. I don't do much. Uh, I work and then I just spend time with my family. And then you go, okay. Uh, <laughs> but that's a one heck of a poster behind you. Big James Bond fan in general. Yes. Uh, you know, also Sean Connery. He's a legend. R.I.P. Indeed. Uh, one of the tragic losses of 2020 to say the least. So <laughs> two quick questions and then you're free. And the first one is what's a TV recommendation that you could pass along for somebody that needs a new series to, to binge watch? Yeah, this is old Queen's Gambit. I've already watched it twice. It's, twice. So, it's, it's so great. It's gr every level is great. Acting, directing, um, the writing, the artistic direction, the costumes, the set. It's got everything. Um, what else? What else have I been kind of watching? Oh, The Undoing. It's okay. I'll start The Flight Attendant. Okay. But Queen's Gambit so far is my favorite. Well, you got taste then. And the closer, Lindsay, any last words for the kids? Um, thank you. And go watch Skylines December 18th. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your time and really looking forward to seeing what's coming up for you. It's thank, thank you, Darren. Success. Have a great You're rest awesome. of the day. Yeah. One thing to your credit, I don't think that people realize this. You've been in more scenes and had more interactions with more characters than just about anybody. Because Yeah, has it? Well, think about it. We've seen you in the Cobra Kai dojo. We've seen you at Miyagi-Do. We've seen you at the school. We've seen you at the teenage parties and all that. Not everybody's been in everything like you. Has that ever come to realization for you? I'll be honest, I had no idea until you just mentioned it, but it makes sense now that you say it. Yeah, I've been flipping back and forth from like Cobra Kai to Miyagi-Do for a little bit now. <laughs> so it's not until season two that I finally found my home at Miyagi-Do. But what I'm getting at is sometimes you don't think about it as a fan of a show uh -huh. that these two characters may talk about each other, but they've never actually met on screen. It looks like you've met everybody on screen on the show. I would say just about uh, a lot of those interactions and negatively, you know, I, I met Chris, he kind of broke my nose. Uh, Johnny flipped me, but you know, I, I kind of deserve that one. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think I've met just about every character. I, I worked at the uh, LaRusso auto dealership, yeah. When you got the show, were you a big fan of Karate Kid? Because I know that you're Magic the Gathering, you know, that's not far off <laughs> from the Karate Kid. Yeah. Um, I had seen The Karate Kid a couple of times growing up, but it wasn't as much my thing as it was, you know, my dad, because it was his thing growing up. It came out like he was there to see the big boom of karate dojos after sure. Karate Kid came out. Um, so I, I liked the show, but it just wasn't really my uh, medium, I guess. Like I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, I mean, age-wise, like, The Karate Kid went from being super cool and mainstream uh -huh. to then being an old movie to uh -huh. then being kind of cool in retrospect. And uh -huh. what I gather is that viral video that kind of proved that Johnny Lawrence was the good guy, that was not only the turning point in the coolness, but also the inspiration yeah. of the show? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, a lot of people would also think, like, I don't know if you saw How I Met Your Mother 
uh, they had a guest spot on there. And it was kind of this whole thing of like, oh, Johnny's the good guy. I don't know if that was also kind of inspiration for it. Yeah. Um, but I feel bad because like I had heard stories that uh, William Zabka, when he would go to Comic-Cons, he would get booed because they're like, oh, you're the bad guy. It's like, guys, it's just a show. It's not real. But now, ever since like Cobra Kai comes out, they're all like cheering him on. So, you know, that must feel really good. Absolute vindication. I've had the pleasure of interviewing him and he was oh, as yeah? nice as can be. Not everyone realizes like his dad was a director on The Tonight Show and he's got, he's oh, from wow. this like, entertainment kind of family. Now you yourself, I believe are an LA native. Do you have any ties to entertainment besides acting? Uh, well, the reason why I kind of got into acting was because it's very much a part of my family. My parents were actually actors um, and they actually met in an acting class. My wow. dad, like, yeah, I know. He actually proposed to my mom during like an acting scene. Everyone was just like watching and she was like, this, this scene's not that great. What are you guys looking at? It gets down on one knee. It's like, will you marry me? So yeah, it's a big part of my family. Um, so that's kind of why I got into it when I was eight years old. I just walked up to my parents and was like, hey, when am I going to be on TV? <laughs> and so I guess the rest is history there. At what age did you get your SAG card? Oh, um... See, it's a weird thing with the SAG card. You have to like do three union jobs in order to get it, but you can't do union jobs unless you have a SAG card. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a catch 22 sort of thing. Totally. But because I was younger, uh, I think I was around 10 or so. Um, I was able to get by because, you know, as a little kid, they're going to figure, Hey, you're not going to have your SAG card. So they'll write you off and give you, uh, the F Hartley, I think it's called. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I was able to, do that and that was originally just the intention behind doing this like my parents was like okay so we'll start this whole thing maybe he'll get his sad card might make a few bucks to get a car one day <laughs> we never thought it would ever get to this level but uh i'm just i'm really happy to be a part of this speaking of cars there was that great elon musk tweet that you responded to <laughs> yeah did anybody yeah. from his team get back to you in any way <sighs> No. Still waiting. I'm still waiting on that flamethrower. <laughs> I'll let you know, though. If I get one, you'll, I'll post about it. Don't worry. It Fantastic. But we did see you post on Instagram about the car that you got. So at least yes. a car did come into your life. Yes. I got a Toyota CHR. Uh, some people say that Toyota is a, a luxury brand in its own right. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> they, they last a long damn time. Yeah. The, the car I have is an 05 Toyota and it's still going. Well, all right. There we go. All right. My Toyota brethren. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So in, in only speaking to you for five minutes or so, I oh. see that there's almost no ties between you and Dimitri. Dimitri is maybe <laughs> one of the most grating characters in the history yeah. of, of television. Is there any Dimitri in you or is it based off of anybody? Uh, I would say 100%. There's a lot of Dimitri in me. I'm obviously not as like sarcastic and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but when it comes to the nerdier aspect, like you said, with Magic the Gathering, um, I do identify with Dimitri a lot there. Uh, there was the uh, mall scene where we have the mall fight and I'm in the mm -hmm. comic book store. Yeah. We actually had to go to that mall the day before to rehearse that. And I ended up kind of spending all my time in the, uh, the comic book store. So when I was your age, which is not as many years ago as you think, but anyway, it was not cool to like magic or comics. Like you kind of had to hide it in a way. For your whole life, has it been okay to, to like comics outwardly? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, my dad, growing up, he was really into the Dungeons and Dragons stuff like that. Uh, my stuff was obviously more like Magic the Gathering. Um, but I don't think there's been a lot of hate coming from people as far as that goes. I think it's really kind of been accepted as like this cool pop culture sort of thing. You know, you go to the stores. There, there are some cards out there that are worth like half a million dollars. <laughs> like uh, it's called Black Lotus. That's I yeah. want that card, but I'm not willing to spend that much money. No, no. I mean, when I was even much younger than you, baseball cards were all the rage and everyone's collecting. And oh, yeah. then it was later found out that they lied about the number of them that they were making and the values were totally inflated the whole time, except maybe oh. that Honus Wagner card that like Wayne Gretzky and four people have. Uh, so they lied about how many they were making. That was part of it. I guess there's no way of verifying the whole thing. And then it, like they were overproduced, which was, oh. I guess, what killed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It's hard to, like, not fall into that temptation. Like, hey, guys, if we make one card, we get, like, half a million bucks. Why not just make a whole bunch of these cards? But then it loses its value. Exactly. Well, is there anything that you do collect besides comics? Knives. I, <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds threatening. I'm sorry. No. But, yes, knives. I have, in my room, there's a drawer full of knives. Still not threatening, I promise. Um, I just like to collect them because they are they're both like so beautiful and yet dangerous if that makes sense like there are different ways the blade can be formed or the handle itself sure. i have one knife that looks like uh harry potter's scar it's just like this jagged like back and forth thing it has absolutely no practical use it's just cool and uh i whenever i go to like thrift stores or stuff like that i usually try to find some sort of vintage knife something like that wow so Ginsu would be too mainstream for you, am I correct? What is, what is that? What is that? Ginsu are those, the cooking knives you see that they use in hibachi grilling kind of thing? Oh, yeah, no, I'm more into the unpractical, like, that stuff that does not work <laughs> knives. That's that kind of stuff. The stuff that I'm scared to take out of its sheath, because otherwise I'll break it. Sheath is a hell of a word. Uh, credit to you on, on using the word sheath correctly. And Back to uh, Cobra Kai, also in peeling through your social media, we see a great photo of you and William Zapka at Target. Uh, yeah. Are you close with a lot of the people in the cast? And I ask that because some people are like, well, we made it and then uh, I'll see them at the next season. Other people are like, no, yeah. we're family. Yeah, uh, I would say I'm more so close with the younger cast, uh, especially just because you know we're around the same age. Um, Jacob, who plays Hawk, he actually taught me how to play Magic the Gathering. Uh, I would say, really? yeah, a lot during season two, we would go over me, Jacob and Sholo, uh, we would play Magic the Gathering and I had no idea how to play. So when I would go there, I'd spend about two hours just getting my ass kicked. So, but now I think I'm ready. I think I'm good enough. But yeah, we definitely try to like stay close, hang out a lot. Yeah. It looks like your girlfriend was getting the best of you on Magic the Gathering recently on social media as well. I told you not to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I taught her. And literally the week later, she is like beating me three times in a row with my own deck. Yeah. So maybe I'm not as good as I thought. Better than me. Take that compliment right there. Okay. And, and Jacob, uh, who you just mentioned, Hawk, that kills a little bit of a mystique right there. But how similar is he to the evil, dark Hawk character? 
Oh, they're completely the same. He's a total ass. He like makes fun of me all the time. Just a jerk. Um, no, he's very different. It's like night and day. Um, like I said, though, he, he is a nerd like me. We obviously like to play Magic together and stuff like that. Uh, but he's nothing like uh, Hawk. Like he's just absolutely the nicest guy you could ever meet. Super great. So thank God. You have a great pivotal scene without giving any spoilers away to, to the three people that haven't seen the show. But <laughs> when you give the toast to him at the house party and you call uh-huh. him that as Eli Moskowitz uh-huh. and all that, it's a very memorable scene. Did you know that that was that memorable when you were just reading it off the page? Um, honestly, I had no idea that it would be like that memorable of a scene. Like, it wasn't the first time I had had the chance to do a sort of monologue like that because I love doing those so much. And they, the writing team, uh, John Josh Hayden, they give me a lot to work with. Um, but going into it, I didn't think it would be like that pivotal, pivotal of a, a scene. I was just going into it having fun because like it really is just like me going up on stage in front of an audience roasting a guy. And I don't have to feel bad because that guy doesn't actually exist. <laughs> so I can be as mean as I want. <laughs> So do you have stand-up aspirations beyond acting? Um, I've never really thought about doing stand-up. My dad was super into it. Uh, he would make jokes all the time about my mom. Um, he'd be like, I got my wife a taser for Christmas. She didn't even put batteries in it. She just beat me with it. Uh, stuff like that. So I don't know. I think eventually one day I could do sort of stand-up. But I think my first passion is going to be uh, on-screen TV and movies, stuff like that. Well, I got three quick questions for you if you still got some time for me. Yeah, of course. Awesome. The first one is when you look at some people's IMDb pages, Uh it is up to date. It's like they took a breath Mm post-production. And then other people, they just, it's kind of secretive. It's not updated. Uh For you, Cobra Kai is like the last thing or two on there. Are there other projects or is really the main focus Cobra Kai? Uh, Well, things have kind of been a little slow, especially with COVID going on, but more so my height and my age didn't match for the longest time like I was 17 years old but I still looked like I I was like 20 or something like that (laughs) and in this industry you want people that are older that can play younger um so I've been doing a little bit of stuff more recently I did a Disney show called Coop and Cammy I did a couple of guest stars on there I was playing a nerd named Caleb very monotone speaking kind of a character Mm -hmm. um but I would say more so recently, the biggest focus has been kind of Cobra Kai, especially with things being so slow right now. Got it. More credit to you. I mean, if there was one thing to hang your hat on, how many shows are cooler than Cobra Kai to three generations of people? I I would argue, you don't have to agree if you don't agree, but it might be the best reboot that we've gotten in the last five to 10 years for TV. Yeah. Okay. So the thing that's so great about this show is it doesn't rely on the karate kid. Like, it, yeah. it takes pieces from it, obviously, but it's a show that can kind of stand on its own. It doesn't solely rely on nostalgia to get views. It, it has its own like story arc, like um, like we see with uh, Hawk and Dimitri, you know, stuff like that. It's yeah. got its own plots. So I, th- I would agree with you that it's one of the best reboots that there has been. Saved by the Bell is pretty fantastic, but nobody's talking about that, unfortunately, like they are Cobra Kai. So yeah. Credit to you guys on that. Question number two of three. Okay. Who is Gianni's favorite band of all time? Easily uh, White Stripes. I was almost going to say Jack Black. He's one of the lead, he's the lead singer. Not Jack White. But... Jack Black. No. No, no. wait. Oh, sorry. Jack, Jack White. White. <laughs> I get them mixed up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Restart. 
the White Stripes, Jack White and Meg White. Uh, they are easily my favorite band. Um, I listen to just about every album they have. I even listen to uh, Jack White's uh, <laughs> Breakaway songs and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I just really have always liked rock and roll, especially the more classic uh, rock stuff. Sure. Uh, I, it just really speaks to me. You know, if you ask me to name a current day song, I, I don't think I could. Good man. Coming from a guy wearing a Kiss t-shirt. Good man. Yeah. And the closer for you, any last words for the kids? Um, hi. Uh, <laughs> if you ever have a karate dojo out to get you, just become friends with your own karate dojo because then they got your back. Outro cast. <laughs>